fresh every Tuesday for MSPs around the world. This is Paul Green's MSP Marketing Podcast. Hello and welcome to the show. Here's what we got coming up for you this week. Those businesses can be severely harmed from a cyber attack. That harm could cause them to no longer exist. To protect, it's really about doing three simple things. That's Bob Jamieson. He's the CEO of an MSSP, a managed security services provider. And he'll be here later on in the show telling you how you can build more trust with your clients so of course you can sell them more security services. We're also going to be talking about now being the time to double down on your marketing. Whatever marketing you're doing right now, there's always more you can do. And this is exactly the right time to start doing it. Paul Green's MSP Marketing Podcast. So I'm not sure if you can hear it in my voice or not, but I've actually got COVID right now. Well, at time of recording, I'm recording this back in January and I'm absolutely fine. I've got very, very few symptoms. My only symptom really is my my voice just sounds a little bit funny. I'm a bit claggy at the back of the throat. You know, there's kind of some catarrh. And anyway, the one upside of having COVID and not being ill is I can't leave the house. Here in the UK, we have like a 10-day self-isolation. My daughter doesn't have it, so she's off to school and one of the other parents is picking her up. And it means I've actually had a whole load of extra time at home. I work from home anyway, but I haven't had to do the school runs or be distracted by going out for a Starbucks or anything like that. So I've been at home sort of 10 hours a day for the last Last few days and I've got loads and loads of work done, absolutely tons of it. One of the things I've been looking at is our automated webinar. So on our service, mspmarketingedge.com, we have some automated webinars and the idea is that you can go in and you can click on the webinar tab up at the top in the navigation and there is an on-demand webinar. So you can register and watch a webinar and it's, don't know, 20, 30 minutes of me talking about a marketing system. It's a marketing system which the MSP Marketing Edge fulfills. So we've built something which perfectly fulfills the problems that you have as an MSP, the marketing problems that you have anyway. Now, the reason that we built that as an automated webinar, and we get about four or five people a week registering for it and watching it, it was pretty much because I wanted to give people information at exactly the moment that they were looking for information. And an automated webinar seemed to be the right way to do that. I mean, I do a lot of webinars. I do a lot of webinars with vendors. I'll perhaps do, you know, one or two webinars a week in a, in a usual week. And I have this automated one and I do some with my own clients as well. And it kind of brings up the question of can you and should you use webinars to promote your MSP? And the basic answer to that is yes. Now, I know that we all have webinar exhaustion right now. If you go back a couple of years to when the plague first started and, you know, suddenly all those in-person events were gone, we couldn't do them. And so many people flipped very, very quickly to doing webinars and nothing wrong with that at all. But now two years down the line, there really is a lot of webinar exhaustion. Everyone's got a webinar. Everyone seems to be putting one on. I mean, you could spend all day on webinars. And of course, the downside of a webinar from the point of view of the person who's doing them is that anybody can sit and watch a webinar or have it on in the background while they're doing something else, especially people in our world. It's far too easy to have the webinar on in the background and just carry on doing something else, which means you're not really paying attention unlike a normal event. However, 
I think you should still consider doing webinars for your MSP. And the main reason I think you should consider that is because most MSPs don't do it. Where most people don't do something, that's actually an opportunity for you to do something. Now, there are lots and lots of different ways that you can do webinars, and we'll talk about the different formats in a second. Let me firstly address the perhaps the elephant in the room, which is your performance, your presenting skills. As I stand here recording episode 118 of this podcast, this is the culmination of a very long presenting career for me that's been going on pretty much since 1996. So what's that? That's 20, oh my goodness, that's 20, 26 years. 26 years I've been either doing stuff professionally with a microphone on radio or presenting videos or doing webinars or stuff like that. So this is, you know, kind of second nature for me. Whereas I appreciate for you, it might not be the case. You probably haven't done a great deal of videos, not a lot of audio work. And the idea for you of doing a webinar might be your idea of hell. However, here's the thing. Do you know your stuff? I mean, your computer stuff. Do you know? Of course you do. Of course. Why did I even ask that question? You know your stuff inside out. If I sit you down with a prospective client and you talk about technology and not just the technical stuff and the bits and bobs, but the, the fun stuff, the productivity, the helping the business to grow, all the stuff where technology is really the enabling factor. Of course, you know your stuff. You know your stuff about security. You know your stuff about all of these kind of areas because it's your world. It's what you do on a day-to-day -day basis. That is what you need for a successful webinar. You don't need to be a great presenter. You need to know your stuff. Great presenting skills just come through practice. Believe me, if you'd heard me back in 1996, I was awful. And I'm not that much better today, but I know my stuff and I've just got enough experience to not be scared of the microphone or be scared of the webcam. So you really should do webinars. What should you do them on? I don't know. What's your favorite subject? Are you passionate talking about security? Security is something that most MSPs think makes a great webinar. And in fact, yeah, surely it's a big thing right now. And all business owners and managers should be thinking about it and buying more security stuff. But do they? Are they really that interested in security? Would they be more interested in knowing how to get more out of Microsoft 365? Would they be more interested in knowing how to make their business more productive? These are the questions to ask yourself about your webinar content. And I'm not going to suggest specific content to you. In fact, you may do three or four different webinars over the next few months to see which is the most interesting. Your cybersecurity one, which might actually be the most urgent, the one that people should be paying attention to, could potentially have the least number of attendees, the least amount of engagement, because ordinary people just don't see that it's important to them. Whereas how to get more out of 365, almost the least important subject in a way, that might get the best level of engagement. So that's probably the thing to do is pick three or four different subjects and put on three or four different webinars. Now, the easy way to get started is just get started. Just announce a webinar. Have you got an email list? Do you have a following on LinkedIn or on other social media platforms? Pick a subject, any subject, announce the webinar, go and get some webinar software. I'm not going to give you recommendations on the podcast. You can, you can use Google for that. There's tons of webinar software out there. Pick the one that just works best for you. I mean, a Zoom webinar is fine. There's all sorts of different webinar software. We use something called Easy Webinar, but again, 
again, you've just got to go and find the one that's right for you, rather than just taking the recommendation and the new shiny thing that someone else has told you about. The important thing is not the software, it's just getting a webinar out there. It's setting a date, saying, hey, we're doing a webinar, and just doing it. And do three or four, schedule three or four over the next few months. You might do one a month. You could do a webinar series, or you might do one every other month, whatever you're comfortable with. But here's the thing. When you schedule a date and just say, right, we're doing a webinar, that becomes a deadline. So suddenly you've got to work backwards and do some promotion. You've got to work backwards and put together the content or any kind of slides that you're using. The beauty of setting a deadline and knowing that people are potentially turning up for a webinar is that you have to do that webinar. Believe me, there is a real power in scheduling that and just kind of forcing yourself to do the work. Now, let me just set your expectations. Even if you've got a big following on social media and on your email list, you could have thousands of people that you promote your webinar to and you'll still get about five people turning up. In fact, you might get 50 registrations, but only 10 of those will turn up. We typically see around 20 to 25% of people who register for a webinar actually turn up for that webinar. Nothing wrong with that, that's normal. We do see often more plays on the replay. So if you have, let's say, 10 people turning up for the live event, you might get 20 or 30 watching it on the replay. This seems to be becoming the standard for webinars. Do not let this put you off. There's nothing to be depressed about doing a webinar for five, six, seven, ten 10 people. Because actually, it's not just those 10 people, it's the 20, 30, 40 that will watch it overall. You can take the webinar and turn it into a piece of recorded content for your website, so it'll be there on your website forevermore. And actually, the whole process of going through a webinar is great for you getting your promotional mind clear, being clear exactly what you want to talk about and how you want to talk about it. Just because you do a webinar today and only five people attend doesn't mean it's not going to influence someone down the line to potentially join you as a client. Every piece of marketing content can and should buy its way in the future or pay for itself in the future. So don't be depressed if your webinars have very few people on them and don't let that put you off. I've done webinars, you know, and I have I have big lists. I have several thousand people that get my emails. I've got a couple of thousand in my Facebook group. We've got, I think it's 6,000 on LinkedIn. It's huge, not huge numbers, but big enough numbers. And I was doing webinars last year where, you know, like five people turned up. But the point is, two of those then went on to become clients. So the webinar did its thing. And we could take that content, put it on the website, and it pays for itself over the long term. The real question to ask yourself is, what's your webinar strategy going forward? Because there are lots of different ways of doing webinars. You can do live ones, and they have their merits. They have that deadline. They have that, if you don't attend, you will miss it, particularly if you don't do recordings, although I do highly recommend that you do do recordings. Uh, you can do automated webinars, like we talked about earlier. So that's where you can take a webinar subject, you record it, and then you use automated software, which you can get in many of the webinar platforms, so people just go and register for it, and it's there and then exactly at the point that it's convenient for them. And that's the beauty of automated webinars. It's convenient for them, compared to live webinars, which tend to be convenient for you. One of the other things you can do with an automated webinar is turn it into an evergreen. So an evergreen is a webinar that never goes out of date. This is our one on the MSP Marketing Edge. It's kind of an evergreen in that I'll review it every two to three years, but it's based around 
our marketing strategy that we recommend to MSPs. We teach them about that and then show them how our service makes life easy for them. And it's designed to be an evergreen in that I just don't have to go back and re-record it all the time. It just sits there. I've done it once and now I just have to pay my 70 bucks a month or whatever I pay for my software to do that evergreen webinar. And it's sat there working for me 24 hours a day. And I know that we have won clients off the back of that because I see people register for it. And then an hour after it's finished, I see them sign up for our service. So I know that works. And that's why it's worth the, the 70 bucks a month or whatsoever. Lots of different ways that you can do webinars. And often you are held back by the functionality of the webinar software more than you are your own mind. I guess the final question to ask yourself is, should you be doing webinars or should you just actually be recording videos? Because webinars are kind of one-off events. Yes, you can use the recorded content, but they are essentially events. They're things that happen. Maybe with webinar exhaustion, it would be better. Certainly, if you have lots of ideas of webinars that you could do, maybe you'd be better starting a YouTube channel and actually turning those webinars into videos. If you have loads and loads of ideas, that might be a better way of doing it. Here's this week's clever idea. How has your marketing performed for you over the last couple of months and last couple of years? Whether it's done well or whether it's been a bit meh, I truly believe it's time for you to redouble your marketing efforts, double down on your marketing and make marketing your MSP your first and most important priority. Now, why would I say that when there's so many other things to be done? Because marketing is so often an afterthought for MSPs, and it shouldn't be. It should be the number one thought. Once you've established your business, once you've got your stack in place, once you've got your system set up and enough resource to allow you to successfully service the clients that you win, the next job and the number one job for the next few years, has to be to establish effective marketing systems and set everything up so it can operate on autopilot. So you've got a system rather than just a haphazard series of things that happen now and again. I love systems. Systems are reliable, they're predictable. You can build and turn on an effective system and you know then what the results will be. Now with the MSP world, it takes time for the results to come in. It's such a slow and long sales cycle, but the system keeps working at it day in, day out. When you put your marketing efforts on autopilot, it gives you the opportunity to stand out so much from your competitors. In fact, let me say something controversial. You will beat your competitors with consistent, persistent marketing. Even if you've got a very well-funded, very big and very well-resourced competitor, if they're not doing consistent and persistent marketing, let's say they're just doing big marketing campaigns now and again, but essentially they're stop starting with their marketing. You can beat them with a little bit every day. You don't need to be a big, well-resourced MSP to do big, well-resourced marketing. But the best kind of marketing, it's drip, drip, drip every single day, five, six, seven days a week, 52 weeks a year. Now, really, when you're doing your marketing, there are only really four growth areas that you're trying to hook into, that you're trying to leverage. The first of those, of course, is trying to attract more new clients. And there's lots of different things that you can do around that. You'll have heard me talk about my three-step marketing strategy, build multiple audiences, 
build a relationship with those audiences, and then commercialize that relationship. And this is about using an education, an education-based marketing strategy to find people to speak to, to educate them and entertain them about the things that are important, and then get them on the phone, on a video call, or in person to talk about their favorite subject, which is their business. That is a massive and very, very well-proven marketing strategy for MSPs. But marketing isn't just about winning new clients. It's also about increasing the average sales amount. You've got to constantly be growing the amount of money, monthly recurring revenue that your clients are giving you. And this is about strategic reviews. It's about technology roadmaps. It's about constantly having conversations with your clients again, about their favorite subject, their business, themselves, their staff, their performance, and the future. Always, always an eye on the future. The goal here really is to make your customers, your clients, want to buy from you more often. There's a steady stream of things that you can sell them. In fact, you should never, ever really run out of things to sell them. The goal is to have a whole series of compelling offers to put in front of them that it's going to be very hard for them to turn down because they can see their no-brainers. They'll either save some money or they'll make some money or they'll increase productivity or it'll just make their business more robust. And this is marketing. Well, it's marketing and sales, really. And this is why I say that marketing should be a non-stop thing. You should be constantly going at it again and again and again. And then the final big area of doubling down on your marketing is keeping your clients for life. This is about good retention. Now, MSPs have good retention baked in to what you do, but I think you should go the extra mile. Have literally the best customer service of any MSP in your area. You know, constantly be making your customers happy, delighting them, doing stuff unexpectedly, going that extra mile, and they will reward you with great social proof, testimonials, reviews, and case studies. And then that great social proof can be leveraged to get more new clients. It's a real virtuous circle, it really is. So we've talked about four big areas there, getting more new clients, increasing the amount that they buy, helping them to buy more from you and keeping them for life. And these are the four areas that make the most difference. These are the ones you should be focusing on obsessively when you're doing marketing within your MSP. And you know what? I'm going to help you over the next few weeks. We are going to put together, you and me, over the next few weeks on this podcast, a one-page marketing plan. We're going to deal with section after section, week by week. So I'm going to keep it very simple because I want you to go into spring of this year with a one-page marketing plan in your hands, something that's not just some dusty old document to file away somewhere at the back of your laptop, but something that can sit on your desk. Or better still, you can pen it up on a board in front of your desk. And it is your a live one-page marketing plan so you know exactly how to put in place that consistent and persistent marketing system for your MSP. We're going to start doing that in next week's episode. If you've got any feedback on that, any ideas or things you want to put in there, why don't you just drop me an email? My email address is hello at paulgreensmspmarketing.com. Paul's Blatant Plug. 
I mentioned earlier in the show that I have a Facebook group. It's focused entirely on MSP marketing and business growth. Really easy for you to find it and join it. Just go into Facebook, go up to the top, the search bar, type in MSP marketing, and then go on to groups. And we've got the biggest pure MSP marketing group on Facebook. So I'm just looking through some of the most recent posts. Stephen here is talking about user content. So he's been creating content in Google Docs and he's asked here, you know, can I use that on my website or would I be better actually copying that into the website itself rather than you know trying to get Google to index Google Docs content? And the answer to that is yes, you need to put it into your website. Uh, someone's posted a really great um, photo here. We have a bit of humor in this group as well. It's a photo of a kind of a server room in a toilet and uh, and the, the person has posted it has said, can you caption this? 27 comments uh, with some great captions on that. Um, here's something about making video calls look and sound better. This is actually a suggested something, not just for you, but something you could sell onto your clients as well. Uh, then we've got here um, business book suggestions. So we've got 15 comments here with some great business book suggestions. Uh, there are some great book suggestions out there, aren't there? There really are. And then we've got um, oh, we've got a question here about ConnectWise. For anyone connecting or using uh, ConnectWise, what's a good price per user here in the UK? This is actually an international group. It's MSPs from both the UK, the US, and from around the world. And that's got a whole load of comments on it. Uh, then we've got another one here. It's my suggestion for something called Remove.bg, which is a, a background removal tool. So you upload a photo and they'll remove the background. It's a pretty cool tool. They actually have a version for videos as well. I can't remember what it's called, but if you Google remove.bg videos, you'll come up with the, the video version of that. And then we've got a thing here talking, well, it's a thing I do sometimes on Wednesdays, Website Improvement Wednesday, and we're talking about site speed and how critical speed is a factor in the amount of organic traffic you get to your website. And I've got a link here in the Facebook group to go and test your speed on Google's Page Speed Insights. So if you are serious about improving your MSP's marketing and you want to double down on it, this is just a great place to hang out. I'm there every day. You can discuss marketing with myself and nearly 1,500 other MSP. So all you do then is you go to Facebook, type in MSP marketing, go on to groups and apply to join. And we'll only let you in if you are actually an MSP. This is a vendor free zone. So it's pure MSPs and me. And it's where we talk about marketing and business growth. The big interview. Hi, I'm Bob Jamison. I am owner of a MSP. I have a, an extensive background in cybersecurity, starting at the age of 17 in the U.S. Marine Corps, where I ended up being the commanding officer of the School for Electronics for the Marine Corps. Elsewhere, uh, as a chief information security officer for very, very large corporations in the United States. And thank you so much for joining me on the show, Bob. You've clearly done some very interesting things in your time. Did you know early on in your career that cybersecurity was going to be something you moved into, or was it something that just kind of developed over time during your military career? Yeah, so it was one of those things I, I didn't ask for. Uh, I guess it turned out to be a good thing at the end. But when I joined the Marine Corps, I had uh, joined to be an infantryman. And at the end of infantry school, they told me that I was going to go into this thing called information security, which I had no idea what it was. So at the tender age of 17, uh, they sent me to these schools uh, to go through this, uh, actually a year and a half of schools on networking, networking, security, cryptology, and a wide variety of other things. And I was one of 25 people in the Marine Corps that was doing this practice so that our base posts and stations could stay secure. 
So this was in the uh, late 70s and 80s. The world was waking up to this thing about information security. The military had cryptology for its radios and for a lot of its communications prior to them. But in the 70s and 80s, we started getting into the Internet. And at that point, the, it became very apparent that uh, security was very needed and was not a skill set that was inside the military organizations or the government altogether. This is fascinating. So you've literally spent your entire career involved in cybersecurity. So let's let's fast forward then to what you're doing today. So you're an MSP owner. And before we started our interview recording today, you were just telling me about some of the education work that you're doing with ordinary business owners and managers. And I said something which you challenged me on. I said that they are not aware of cybersecurity. And you said, actually, that's not quite right, Paul, that people look at it from a different way. The issue is, Really, very few people on the planet understand the digital world. And the digital world is very abstract. When you think about our physical world, it's something we can touch, see, smell, interact with. But the digital world, it's there. In fact, if you think about it, the money that's in circulation, only a fraction of the money that's in circulation is physical money. Most of it is digital. And I'm not talking about Bitcoin. I'm talking about dollars, euros, whatever that is. It's exchange using cards, it's exchange using digital technology, but we don't see that. We have a physical card that we use to buy petrol at the, the gas station, so it still feels like it's a physical thing, but it's not. The problem is understanding that abstract world and getting people to understand that this abstract world is becoming more and more meaningful to their physical world. And is that because as technology advances, more and more of our lives are lived digitally? Is, is, is that what you mean? Other aspects of our world are becoming this digital piece. You think about the companies that uh, are have grown during the pandemic, uh, Amazon and even Walmart and uh, these other companies that have really got into this digital world where they're transacting business strictly through the computers. In fact, your systems, everything that you get is through this computer-based supply chain. And that computer-based supply chain is a digital twin to this physical supply chain, but it's becoming more and more important. When it breaks down, things don't work on the physical side at all. This is a big problem then, because if, if, as you say, very few people on the planet actually truly understand this and comprehend it, how can ordinary MSPs educate ordinary business owners and managers about it? I think that this is truly has to be about creating that trust factor. You know, if you're looking at a thing, in fact, I was told this when I, as a CISO for two corporations, when you go into a board meeting, you never make the board members look stupid. So you always want to make sure that they look smart. And so when we think about this from a, a MSSP, if we're going into a customer, we don't want them to feel stupid or inadequate. We want to have them understand what they're trying to do and actually get engaged with it. Cybersecurity is a business problem that uses technology. It's not a technology problem that happens to be part of business. And we've got to help our clients understand that. And it's really building that trust where it's much more of that explanation of here is what your problem is. Here's why it's important. Guide them towards why they need to be engaged with it and feel its importance, not from FUD, fear, uncertainty, and doubt, but really talking about it from a 
business risk uh, and uh, business outcomes. So let's look at how you do that practically. You told me that tomorrow you're going to do, was it a, a couple of hours with some CPAs, some accountants in your area, and you're going to try and educate them about this. From a practical point of view, how will you be approaching that seminar that you're doing tomorrow? And how can the average MSP even start this conversation? So for tomorrow, I've uh, I built a deck and the deck is somewhat provocative. By provocative, I mean, it challenges our beliefs, it challenges our ideas. And, and again, it's not using that FUD type approach, but it's really more about this pragmatic approach. Here are the things that are going on. Here are the changes. Here are the what we will see the future looking like for you. Here's what the attack surface looks like. So the estimate today is that cybercrime is worth three to $5 trillion, much more than global retail. And the number of people that are engaged in cybercrime, and this is from script kiddies all the way up to sophisticated criminal gangs, is somewhere in the vicinity of 100 million people. And these were estimates that were dated about a year old. But if you think about it, the people that are protecting our systems is about 500,000 people across the globe. So the businesses have to be engaged with this and understand it. And it's really breaking that whole we would call framework, but breaking that structure down to bite sizes that they can identify with and then think about how they can also be engaged in helping that solution for those bite-sized problems. And for your average business owner, I mean, how, how do you think they engage with this? Even if you break it down into small chunks for them, it's, it's just not their world, is it? It's not something they're interested in. So what's the, what's the best way to, to hook them in? One of the things I use is I say, okay, so you have regulatory requirements, you have compliance requirements, you have other things that you may be subject to. But at the end of the day, what you don't want is you don't want to be harmed. Businesses, especially the small to medium businesses, those businesses can be severely harmed from a cyber attack, whether it's ransomware, whether it's a whaling attack, no matter what that attack is, that harm could, in some cases, depending upon their size, cause them to no longer exist. So this is really talking about this in very, very pragmatic terms. To protect, it's really about doing three simple things. First is controlling email. 90% of all attacks start with email. And actually, just about everybody on the planet has been subject to some sort of phishing email. So this is something that they understand. But then as you're describing, you can say this is how it evolves inside your organization to cause it to become a much more damaging type activity. And, and here's what you can do to stop it. Here's how you can engage with your corporation to stop it or your company to stop it. Here are the things that you can do to eliminate this 90% of uh, the attacks. Second thing is infrastructural attacks. And this is nothing more than just patching your systems, keeping your systems clean. If you do have a domain that's sitting uh, in a DMZ, closing down ports, it's hygiene. It's the same thing as taking care of your car. You take it in to be checked and tuned up and change the oil. It's the same type of thing, but you do this with your electronic equipment. And then lastly, it's making sure that you understand what insiders can do and how insiders can negatively affect you and have a program in place so that uh, you can protect against them. But everything I just said is summing up a whole big body of things like a ISO 27001 framework and a NIST 800 framework. It's getting it to these bite-sized chunk that a business owner can say, I get it and I understand it. And can you tell me more? Yeah, which is exactly where we want to get them to. Bob, thank you so much for your time talking about this. I feel like I could talk to you for hours about how to make cybersecurity more relevant to ordinary people. Just tell us a little bit more about your business and how can we get in touch with you? 
So CSM International is a fairly diverse business. We have operations in the Czech Republic, Philippines, uh, throughout the United States. We specialize in the NIST 800 framework, the NIST 800-171, actually. We're on the web, csm-int.com. And what we do is we provide services uh, in all these areas I just described to help, especially the small to medium market, solve their cybersecurity problems. Paul Green's MSP Marketing Podcast. This week's recommended book. Hi, I'm Phil Morgan from PAX8, and my book recommendation is Getting Things Done by David Allen. I kid you not, this book put about 20% of my time back in my diary. If you've not read it, I'd thoroughly recommend that you do so. There's tips and tricks that, and automation tools in there that can help you improve your everyday productivity. A thoroughly good read, and I promise you, you won't waste your time in reading it. Coming up next week. Hi, my name is John Montgomery. I'm an expert at generating leads for MSPs. Uh, I'm going to be doing a podcast next week with Paul on how this can be done. We're also going to start the process of putting together your one-page marketing plan. Like I was talking about earlier in this episode, I'm going to make it very easy for you. The goal is that you can walk away in a few weeks knowing exactly what you've got to do to market your MSP and put in place that persistent, consistent system. We're also going to be talking about what clients really, really buy from you. They do not buy technology. They don't buy computers, software, services, any of that. What do they really buy? We'll explore that in next week's podcast. Hey, whichever platform you're listening on, would you mind subscribing, please? If there's a subscribe button, please do hit it. It helps me notify you when the next episode is ready. And it also tells the platforms that more people are listening to our podcast so we can get this out to more MSPs around the world. Then join me next Tuesday and have a very profitable week in your MSP. Made in the UK for MSPs around the world. Paul Green's MSP Marketing Podcast.